Welcome to Founders Field Notes, the podcast where you can learn from founders how to become a founder. I'm Jason Klug, founder and CEO of Klugonics Group and serial entrepreneur. This week, we have Elise Jackson from Beehive Meals. Beehive Meals is actually something that my wife, Kelsey, and I used while we were preparing for our baby, where basically they make pre-made meals that are crockpot meals that you can keep in your freezer. So it's really easy to not think about and simplifying the preparation process by just throwing it in a slow cooker. So they are prioritizing family dinners. And I really thought it was a great business model, but it was great talking to Elise, which you'll hear in the podcast, where this started as a side hustle with barely any capital, anything other than just a great idea and, you know, the ability to make some delicious meals. So here it is, Elise Jackson winning consecutively two years in a row best of state in Utah, as well as Utah's 20 in her 20s. Very impressive story. Check it out. Reading your story, okay, um, where you were pregnant, six months pregnant, yeah. right? So my wife and I, we just had our first baby six months ago. Oh, congrats. And, you know, she was smart to buy beehive meals at like six months pregnant. Yeah. And so we didn't know your story then, you know, so she looked it up and bought um, a pack of them and we've just kept them in our freezer. And like, whenever we have like one of those nights, it's just there and we just pick them and pull them. Yeah. In. So it's like, it, it's funny because like your story and the need that drove you to build it was like the need of your customers yeah. in a way. And I thought that was, uh, it just made so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. It was. So I started just almost, it's almost four years. We're three and a half years right now. Okay. So when, and 20, we now have three that? kids. Just 2019? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so, so 2019. pre-pandemic. Yeah. Yes. PP. <laughs> yes. Um, and how it all even came about was, so my husband was in a job and it wasn't super stable. He mm-hmm. worked for a small company mm-hmm. and they were on their way down. And that was mm-hmm. really scary for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, there were times where it's like he wasn't getting a paycheck mm-hmm. when payroll hit. And it's like three days later, his boss would write him like a physical check that we'd have to cash. So oh. like their cash flow was like yeah. non-existent. I get that. That's, yeah. how, that's how a lot of them start, <laughs> yeah. right? So And so company was on its way down and I was more like, okay, like I've got to figure out how we're going to support our family. At mm-hmm. that time we had two kids. Um, and so I woke up one morning and I just wrote a list of things that I'm good at mm-hmm. and that could potentially make money. And freezer mills was on that. Mm-hmm. And so this is already like a family standard practice. Yes. And so yeah. that's where like going back to when I was six months pregnant with my first mm-hmm. and you've never been pregnant, so you don't know. No, but <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you go into complete like nesting mode at some oh, yeah. point. And so I witnessed it's like, it, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know what was going through her head. I yeah. just was like, okay, I'll build this. Sure. Yeah, yeah, all right. yeah, it's like, we okay. got to build all this all stuff. Right. We got to clean all this yeah. stuff. We got to get everything prepped. So I was like, okay, I need to prep as much meals as possible because mm-hmm. I'm not cooking after this baby comes. Mm-hmm. And so six months pregnant, I took, it took me a full week, but it was like all the planning and the grocery shopping and prepping. And I ended up prepping like 60 to 80 freezer meals. Wow. <laughs> and it was just my husband and I, and we were going to have a new baby. Mm-hmm. And I quickly realized that that was way too much. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't need that. So did you get like a chest freezer in your garage yeah. or something? Okay. Yeah. I had a big like chest freezer. Mm-hmm. And so 
when, so we're LDS and we were in Provo at the time. And when our ward found out that we had all these freezer mills, they're kind of like, oh, you get to be put in Relief Society Compassionate Service. Mm. (laughs) And so it was, and being in Provo, there's babies being born like every other week. Sure. And so it was like every other week I was taken, I know I'd cook one of the mills. So I'd take the person with a new baby, a warm mill, and then I'd drop off like two or three frozen meals for them to have a later time. Mm -hmm. And food has such a powerful impact. Oh, yeah. The we just were, I was getting a lot of good responses. And that Mm -hmm. was kind of, that would have been in 2016. So fast forward, we moved um, to Davis County back to be closer with our families and had two kids at the time. And then that's when my husband was at this small company. Mm -hmm. When I woke up one morning and wrote a list of things that I'm good at, I knew freezer mills, like people liked what I had prepped before when Mm -hmm. I was giving it away when we were in Provo. And so I really just, so Adam had gone to work for the morning. My other two kids weren't awake yet. And I was just kind of like, okay, like we're going to do freezer meals. I've done these before. Mm -hmm. I have all these recipes already. And I really just went, I went online and got stock photography of like freezer meals Mm -hmm. and like created a little picture collage because that's what you did. Yeah, a little mood board. Yeah. Yeah. And I like posted it to Facebook. Mm-hmm. And just was like, hey, like, I'm going to prep these 10 meals. I'll do all the grocery shopping. I'll do all the prep mm-hmm. and I'll deliver it to your door. Like, this is the price. And within like hours, I had people, I had, to, I didn't have a Venmo account beforehand. So I was like, oh, how am I going to take people's money? Yeah. So I like set up a Venmo but, account really quick. <laughs> you didn't even have a business license or no, anything? No. no. <laughs> so this was like, Adam went to work. I woke up yeah. within 30 minutes. I was like, okay, like we need to make money and pay our bills somehow because mm-hmm. his job is going to be non-existent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it was pretty much, I just had to figure out something until, you know, Adam had another stable job. Like this mm-hmm. was supposed to be really short term. Mm-hmm. And so within hours, I had people just like, giving me their money <laughs> for this. Yeah. And I called Adam up and I was like, um, so I think I just started a business. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of got to figure this out though. Yeah. Like I given myself a full month. So that was August of 2019 and my deliveries weren't until September of 2019. Oh, okay. So you had plenty of time to build them. Or, yeah. 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 You're selling 10 packs mm-hmm. and how much were you selling them for? So initially it was so 10 mils and they each served five to six people mm-hmm. and they were $150. Okay. Yeah. So I had so, way underpriced initially. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's, uh, it's still profitable though. Yeah. At the time. Well, at least at I mean, you're time, doing it in your kitchen, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, so I thought I could do it in my kitchen. Right. You have to get a commercial I kitchen. Did. Yeah. So, and I didn't know that. And luckily I'd given myself, you know, the full like 30, I'd given myself a full month because mm-hmm. after like I started taking people's money and then realizing what I needed to do to actually pull this off, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I need a commercial kitchen and mm-hmm. I don't have one. Or so, could you rent one? Yes. Okay. So yeah. I did. I rented one initially. It was from a cute little Mexican restaurant just in Davis cool. County and did that for five months just yeah. renting from them. And it was about that five month mark. So I actually, in that time frame, got pregnant with my third, mm-hmm. which first trimester is rough. Mm-hmm. I basically have zero energy. Yeah. <laughs> so we were kind of like, people were still wanting the mills. I was like dead tired, but I was mm-hmm. like, okay, like let's figure this out. So that was February of 2020. I was like, okay, if I'm going to keep doing this, I need to hire help. Wow, right in the right at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. 
I was like, I need help. But the kitchen I was in at that time, it was too small and like crowded that I'm like, okay, I couldn't have like employees right. in here. So I actually had to find another, uh, I rented another commercial kitchen mm-hmm. um, and it ended up working out great for the time that we were there. But um, so I brought on two employees in mm-hmm. February of 2020. And then we all know what happened in March. Right. <laughs> so pandemic yeah. hits in March. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we just started like, one grocery shelves were like going bare. Yeah. And so people were freaking out and they didn't want to go out of their houses. Mm-hmm. And so we just started seeing like crazy growth at that time. Yeah. Um, and so we you, were constantly selling out. <laughs> so you had to figure out the supply of it, to, right? It, where were you buying at the beginning? Like Costco and mm-hmm. buying bulk and then... Did that go away and you had to find a new source? Yeah, it did. <laughs> so okay. initially when I started, yeah, like Costco, Sam's Club, Walmart, mm-hmm. like wherever we could get our stuff that mm-hmm. were in the mills, like that's where we went. And pandemic hit. And do you remember when like you go into the grocery store and they limit what you could buy? Yeah. So it's like you can buy like one thing of chicken. Yeah, so like so Sam's Club. You. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like Sam's Club, you could go in and it's like, hey, you can get one unit of chicken and Mm. it's like you know a tray of chicken that has like eight or nine chicken breasts in it and it's It's kind of like of one person's pack of meals yes and i'm like okay i've got to make yeah 30 sets this week like that's not gonna work Mm -hmm. so what we do is we'd walk in and ring the little like bell at the butcher Mm -hmm. and be like okay i can get one unit of kitchen uh, chicken i need a case so their cases that they get come with like eight packs of those units. Okay. Because I'm buying one case, it's one unit. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. So I, you know, get around the system by... So would you have to go to like Sam's Club and buy a case, then Costco and buy a case? Okay. (laughs) Or like, so my husband and I would go at the same time and like Mm. one of us would go in and buy it and then we'd come out and then Did you have to get two separate memberships then? No, it's just you just... No, and that's the thing, you can go back (laughs) in and purchase on your same membership. Yeah. It's so we'd like go in, purchase, come out, and then he would go in, and then they'd like realize what was going on after. <laughs> so we'd have to go to the next Sam's Club. Well, they have and, to know, you know, there's other businesses and small businesses that needed, their, yeah, you know, them as a resource. So. Yeah, and there was actually the Sam's Club in Salt Lake was actually super helpful. We'd call mm-hmm. them and we'd be like, "We're running a business," like, mm-hmm. and they would be like, oh, yeah, you can have all of our chicken. Like, Sam's Club in Layton wasn't so friendly. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Probably smaller families in Salt Lake, I'm yeah. guessing, or something. Yeah. So they didn't have as much demand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're selling, you said 30 sets, $150, or did you change your price? So I changed. So after my very first round, I upped mm-hmm. it to 175 Okay. Um, and then, so I was at 175 at that time. So like 30 sets per month at that time? So 30 sets per week at that per time. Per week. So yeah. that's good money. Yeah. yeah. So we... And I had a couple girls um, that were helping me and it, they were part-time. So we would prep a couple days a week, get mm-hmm. all the meals prepped, and then they would help me deliver the meals. Mm-hmm. And at that time, we were only serving Davis and Weber County. Mm. So that's so how yeah, we started. you limit, you draw a map and you limited it. But now mm-hmm. you've expanded. Like I see you've got, what is it, Tuella? Or no way. So we're pretty much all of Utah. Across, yeah, wow, like if, yeah. it's, if it's a long Even I-15. Arizona. Yeah, so we're in Arizona, we're in Idaho, and we just opened Nevada. So after you're renting kitchens, do you have your own kitchen now? Yeah, so now, um, so as we continue to grow, so pandemic hit, we Mm -hmm. continue to grow month after month, and we were growing out of the space that we were in. Yeah, with three of you cooking. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and I think by that time, I think I brought on a couple more, Mm -hmm. um, again, just part-time people. So the summer of 2020 is when we got our own kitchen. 
And, oh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Good and timing. it was a 1,200 square foot space that we're like, oh my gosh, this is going to last us forever. Like yeah. that was really big to us at the time because oh, yeah. we were sharing somebody else's kitchen before. Right. Did we, it come with all the stuff or no. did you have to, so you had to stock it up, yeah, get all so the we had, equipment? I mean, we had, we put in like a walk-in cooler, a walk-in okay. freezer and we were like, oh man, we're going to never grow out of this. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to be here forever. By that time to staff that and to get into like our flow of things on our prep days, we were producing let's see, like 100 to 150 sets of mills at wow, that time. So that's like, incredible. That growth, right? And at that time, we then had like 20 employees mm-hmm. and in a 1,200 square foot kitchen, that's mm-hmm. not very yeah. much space. There's more human space than yeah. everything. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. And you have to pre-cook all the chicken and stuff like that? No, so it's all wrong. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, so yeah, like when you good. guys are cooking them at home, it's so you're cooking just cutting your crock them all pot. up, prepping, yeah, yeah getting yeah. all the seasoning and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, that, okay. so we're putting all like the pretty sauce and the meat, yeah, and all of that mm-hmm. all together. So let's see, we... So we, summer 2020, you yeah. get the new kitchen, yeah, you and fill we, it out quickly. Yeah, we grew out of that in three months. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. <laughs> and so then we're like, okay, like, what are we going to do? Like, we have this space that we just signed a three-year lease on, mm-hmm. and we need more space. And so we started looking, and we found another place in Layton. So we're in Layton, mm-hmm. our, our kitchen. And we found another place um, that was like five minutes away. And it was 3,600 square feet. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, like now we're going to last in this forever. And mm-hmm. so we ended up renting that. Um, we kept our 1,200 square foot space and got our 3,600 square foot space and, mm-hmm. you know, had to build a kitchen out in yeah, that. Yeah, you could use both pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what we were initially thinking, that we'd staff both and prep out of both. But we're actually really efficient on the prep side. What mm-hmm. our bottleneck is, is the freezers. That makes sense. The amount of free, like, because we have to get our meals frozen before they go out to customers. Yeah. Do you have to flash freeze them? Is that how it works? No. So we, so flash freezing with our meals, the flash freezers that are like on the market, mm-hmm. it, they just wouldn't do the job for us. Mm-hmm. And so we just have like big walk-in freezers with yeah. lots of shelves and we just like layer, like single layer everything mm-hmm. and like it freezes and then we bag everything. Yeah. So we're just using shelves and like big freezers. Mm-hmm. So we got our 3,600 square foot space and we grew out of that within like six months. <laughs> that's exciting. And so really... Coming and, into 2021 then. Yeah. So that's 2021 now. So things are like going kind of back to normal. Yes. But our growth, like we were experienced. So we did like 800% growth in 2021. Uh, yeah, that's exciting. So we were like continuing to grow like crazy. Um, I'm guessing very word of mouth too. Yeah. yeah. So our first like full year, we didn't spend any marketing dollars. Yeah. Um, we were selling out based on what we could do anyways. So we mm-hmm. really couldn't spend any marketing dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so it was 2021 when we actually started spending mm-hmm. and word of mouth and just... Like we started getting recognized for kind of our growth, like mm-hmm. through Utah business and yeah. other things. And you're still in the same region or did you start to expand outward then? So we, let's see, 2021, we would have expanded um, like Salt Lake County, Utah County, mm-hmm. um, Cache County. So we start at like Tooele, like Summit, Wasatch. So we had started to expand more in like the Wasatch front mm-hmm. here. Um, and that's where a lot of our growth, why we were seeing so much growth. That makes sense. So you're having to, are you growing just by transportation resources or are you growing by adding 
satellite kitchens? How are you managing that? So right now, so we handle how we do our product. So we actually handle our product all the way from like production to delivery to the doorstep. Mm -hmm. So it's our whole logistics and process. As we continue to expand, um, one, I still feel like I talk to so many people in Utah and they don't know who Beehive Mills is. So mm-hmm. we still have a lot of work to do here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but as we're growing into other states, we're just figuring out the delivery logistics on okay. our side. So we still have our kitchen here in Davis County mm-hmm. that we do um, all of our production out of. Okay. And then we're able to get our mills to the other regions and then deliver them. So that's like a trend, you know, uh, Dirty Dough? Yeah. So I just interviewed him and... The interesting thing about their business model is that, you know, when you go to Chip and all those other cookie places, they mix and do the dough on site at each location. So it adds the mixing, the time, the hand measuring, and there's quality control issues, I'm sure. Versus him, they mass produce frozen pucks. Oh, that's... So it's like... Super smart. And they do that in one location, and then that way their franchisees, all they need are the ovens. Oh, that's awesome. So there's way lower cost to start up their franchisees and all that stuff. So yeah, it makes sense. So then do you have to get vehicles that are refrigerated and mm-hmm. stuff like that? Yeah. So we have 19 delivery vans at this point. Oh, wow. Um, that's a, that's incredible. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're not cheap. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, they're, those are, so they're like sprinter vans then? So, so they're, they're um, we have been switching everything over to Ram ProMasters right mm-hmm. now. And because they have the biggest payload for what we need, and then we're able to add the reefer units and then still have a decent payload. So yeah, our vans are refrigerated. That's cool. And, and they're wrapped and everything, I'm sure. Or? So we just have like a decal on them. We're okay. like pretty like simple. Yeah. So just like the white vans with our black like decal logos and mm-hmm. stuff but yeah and then our team just like our drivers we have um ones that stay local here mm-hmm. in like the wasatch front mm-hmm. and then we do have drivers that we hire solely for like traveling yeah where they'll like travel Arizona like further you know stay the night mm-hmm. when like the vans that keeps everything frozen mm-hmm. um and then arizona we actually we've been in the process for over 12 months now putting mm. a facility down there. Okay, so another kitchen. Yeah, so then mm-hmm. that'll be another production facility. Mm-hmm. So out of based out of um our one here in Davis County and our one in Tempe, Arizona, we'll be able to mm-hmm. continue to expand to other states. That makes sense. And then this is obviously something that can be scalable across cross country. Yeah. Is there like yeah. a franchise opportunity or are you thinking of con- no, doing it privately or We've been we've cons- had somebody come and consult us on a franchise model and because the way that like all of our cells are funneled through our website and mm-hmm. then like it's not like putting, you know, a McDonald's, right? And it totally. serves its local community. It's not a storefront or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like where we're like everything's online and then we deliver it. Mm-hmm. Like the franchise model just doesn't work. Yeah, and you want more margin for you. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, we have we have a roadmap of how to scale ourselves totally. or like ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so we're just gonna stick with that. So did your husband then quit his day job? Yeah. So so I said he had, you know, rocky, mm-hmm. rocky job. Um, so when, let's see, I started, we started deliveries in September of 2019. He left his job in October of 2019. Okay. And again, this wasn't supposed to be like our thing. Like yeah. this was just supposed to pay the bills. He kind of helped me on the side for like five months mm-hmm. and he was actually helping his mom more full time. Mm-hmm. She has a business okay. and um, 
February of 2020, he was approached by the Church of mm-hmm. Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He's his background's email marketing. Okay. Um, and he he's specialized in it's called Marketo. And so they were the church was rolling out Marketo. They needed a specialist to help roll out. So they brought him on. And again, it's like, okay, like this is, you know, we were just supposed to pay our bills with Beehive Mills. Mm-hmm. And now Adam, you know, has an actual stable job. Right. And so he did that for a year. And at the year mark, I was like, I need you on full time. And yeah. so he's like, okay. So he went to quit and they're like, no, 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 <laughs> like, yeah. we need you here. And so like, we'll be supportive of like you mm-hmm. helping your wife on the side. Like, mm-hmm. we'll just know that that's happening and it's okay. So mm-hmm. then we let that go another six months. And then it was really like, no, like I need you full time. Yeah. And so and it's been like he, two years now that he's been full time. So and, and with his email marketing background, I'm sure that's been valuable. So yeah. he could focus on that side while you're focusing on operations is yes. what it sounds like. We, yeah, we complement really well that's each good. other in business. So mm-hmm. I've handled um, all of like the, obviously like the recipe. So like product development mm-hmm. and then all of like the logistics and operations mm-hmm. side of things. He handles all of the marketing. Mm-hmm. And so... It's nice because we're able to use our different strengths. Like I'm yeah. really organized and process and system oriented mm-hmm. and he's very, more like creative and like, yeah. the marketing side. Yeah, that's great. I mean, so my wife and I have started a business together too. Oh, what is it? It's called Dry Home. Oh, what is that? It's like a line of home goods that uses diatomaceous earth like these coasters. Are. Oh, cool. So, and that's what that warehouse is out back. Oh, awesome. So it, was, it started as a side hustle and she is very branding and marketing and I'm obviously product that's what this other business does because yeah. I have multiple there's four businesses in here yeah I'm a little like a serial entrepreneur yeah and it was um I found this material in 2018 and it was like rapidly dries water I'll show you some on the way out oh cool you know I found this material and I showed my wife and she was doing like an agency job and was kind of starting to do consulting on the side doing website and user experience and stuff and yeah we like she at first was like, eh, I don't know. And then she did research <laughs> on the material and we launched it. And I mean, once it got to the point where it grew past like 10 million, she was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. It's too chaotic. So she stepped down. I hired a CEO that oh, runs that side. And then I just focused on the product and yeah. she got a day job at Google again because it was oh. more easy for her, <laughs> you know? So yeah, it's but the same. We we do have the complementary side where she's front end and I'm like the back end yeah. of the marketing, yeah, or, or the the uh, manufacturing yeah. and development and stuff like that. So yeah, definitely uh, builds a strong relationship. Oh yeah, and it's know? it's definitely not easy. But it's it hard is to turn nice. off, and that's the thing. Like when. I mean, there's pros and cons. The mm-hmm. pros are because it never turns off. Mm-hmm. We're able to move really quickly, yeah. like on ideas and stuff. And because sure. like Adam's really talented and being able to um, like flip things really quick. I'm like, hey, this is my idea. Mm-hmm. Like, can we like pull this off? And like, mm-hmm. and then, but then it never flips and then it never turns off. And that's yeah. so pros and cons. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and that's, I've noticed like, so since she stepped aside, it's obviously much less and we had you know, Wells and our, our baby and stuff. And that's obviously changed that yeah. thing. But, you know, a lot of, I noticed like, we'll be like brushing our teeth and then we'll just talk up about an idea or uh-huh. something and get excited about it. And it's like, okay, we, let, we're, this is enough. We'll, uh-huh. we'll, we'll talk about this tomorrow or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely been less, but when we were in the peak of things, it was like too much yeah. talking about. So that was part of it as well. Yeah. Building a business is hard, you yeah. know? And it's like, when you go through that together, it like, 
adds a different type of strength to the relationship at yeah. the same time. Well, and it's something because like a lot of times, right, whether like the male has a career and the wife stays home, like I was a stay-at-home mom before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, you know, husband goes to work, he comes home by the time I'm so done with the kids, mm-hmm. but he's, you know, had a hard day at work. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you take the kids, I need a break, but mm-hmm. it's like, okay, he needs a break too. Like he's been like working all day. So it is this like weird dynamic where where we work together and we're understanding like what each other's going through. Mm-hmm. It is very much more like he helps, like it's just more, I feel like we're a better team. Yeah. Because <laughs> we know like what each other's going through. Well, you know the day. Yeah. Versus like, you know. You just assume like you you got to go to work. Yeah. I had to stay home. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what, how draining it is to go from meeting to meeting yeah. or to go, you know, sit down and bust out a bunch of busy work and yeah. stuff. And it's, yeah, that makes sense. What like hardships that did you go through throughout building the, like that process? Like what are, what are some of those hard lessons you had to go through in building? Like, obviously you got the pandemic and stuff and having to get new spaces and whatnot, but like what walls did you hit that you felt like things were going to collapse because of that you got through? Well, I just think, and maybe it's more mental walls, just that like we saw so much growth like 2020 and 2021 and Mm -hmm. 2022, we still saw great growth for, Mm -hmm. you know, a company, but it's because the growth wasn't like as rapid and we've Mm kind of like it. I mean, in the double digits, not triple digits, (laughs) it's like, it's almost like the mental game of like, Mm -hmm. oh no, are we a dying company? It's like, no, you still grew like 40% last year. You're fine. (laughs) Yeah. And that's very healthy growth. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Cause it's like when, and you also comparing to like companies that have a hockey stick graph, Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, that's not necessarily like the best way to grow a company. Yeah. Well, and that's where luckily with our business model, we've been able to, um, scale at a rate that we can handle because mm-hmm. we have delivery dates. We can shut stuff off. Like we can be sold out um, and people can't get our product. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were able to manage all of that. So that was nice. Like it's, we were not going to take more than we could handle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, we are at a point where it's like, Hey, bring it on. Like I'm ready for the growth still. Mm-hmm. So it's more just like that mental game. And that's where I think having, you know, my husband and I work together, mm-hmm. like he's a little more like level-headed and he's going to be like, you're fine. Like we're mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's profitable, all that stuff. Yes. That's what oh, matters. Yeah. Right. And the other thing that makes sense too, is as you add, you know, new locations, like moving Arizona, like that's common, usually like Idaho and Arizona, right? Like mm-hmm. that makes the most sense. And it's like, you've got Nevada, you've got, you know, Wyoming, that you've got those other mm-hmm. markets that you can start tapping into. Yeah. And are you now with a company like this, you get, you know, almost like reoccurring customers, I'm guessing. Yeah. So we have a subscription model, mm -hmm. which is really the lifeblood of our company. So you can plan ahead. You can stock up on inventory and and really know what's coming, at least somewhat consistency other than growth. Yeah. So and that's kind of one really cool thing about our company is Mm -hmm. because one it's somewhat of a pre-sale model, right? Mm-hmm. People are ordering ahead of time and getting on a delivery day. Mm-hmm. Um, we can prep exactly what we need. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not having like food waste. Like most food, like restaurants, like they just have to guess what's yeah. going to, and they're going to have waste. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have very minimal waste for being a food company. And because of the subscription model, mm-hmm. um, we can plan ahead a yeah. lot better and know what's going to be coming in. Yeah, that makes it easy. And then now supplier-wise, have you figured out 
more commercial level suppliers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what, what was that transition like? So it happened during COVID. So mm-hmm. like we were trying to be as scrappy as possible getting what we needed. But mm-hmm. there were situations where it's like this, like we cannot get what mm-hmm. we need to fulfill orders. And we have never not fulfilled orders. So that's something that like yeah. we are going to well, do. People rely on it. Yes. They're planning ahead for a reason. Yes. Yeah. And so we were able to get... um into like, you know, the bigger mainstream like food mm-hmm. suppliers um, and started getting stuff through them. Um, as we've continued to grow, we still use like three to four different suppliers mm-hmm. um, just for our different ingredients. There's certain ingredients I like from this company. There's certain mm-hmm. ones that I like from another company. And because of our bulk amount that we're doing, we're mm-hmm. able to get pretty decent pricing. Yeah. Um, we're I'm guessing to- that opened your margin then. Switching, yes. Yeah. Yes, it did. Mm-hmm. So like the bigger, like being able to buy pallets worth of stuff versus, you know, mm-hmm. cans of like little cans of stuff. It's, yeah. there's, there's a lot more buying power mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. That's, I mean, being in, you know, the consumer product business where it's like, we have to buy and it takes 90 days to get here, yeah. you know, and we don't know if it's going to sell. I mean, yeah. we can project and estimate, yeah. but you know, it's, it's always a challenge versus it's nice to be able to go, well, we need to buy this much yes, and not have waste, yeah. especially in the food industry. Right. The food industry. Yeah. I feel like margins typically in a food company are pretty slim and it's mm-hmm. because you have the waste and the unknown and high labor costs and mm-hmm. where we're, we've, um, process, like systemized our production process to become really efficient mm-hmm. and all of that. But, and we actually owned a Sunclass company beforehand. So like, you know, purchasing 90 to 120 what days in advance. So uh, we owned, um, it was called Westwood Sunglasses at the time. It was a wooden okay. sunglass company. Oh. Um, we ran Kickstarters Westwood. when we first started. Yeah. Um, That's how, that was our, how we launched our company too. Yeah, yeah. So we love Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. Um, yeah, Westwood. I then I did, did. Your husband do that? Yeah, he did. So I think I've met him then. So he a while ago. This is like in 2016 or something. So we let's see. We sold that in 2015. 2014. Okay. So we ended up selling huh. it. So we started that. So my husband, um, when we got married, he was um, at his or getting his MBA at the U. Okay. Um, and he had an entrepreneurial teacher that basically just was like, just try something. Just do something. What was his name with the teacher? Was it I don't know. I think I probably know. I can't remember his name, but yeah. At the U. But yeah, there's he that loved one, him. He's that one, one of his favorite Yeah, professors. there's that one very inspiring teacher that yeah. everybody talks about yeah. at the U. I wonder if it's that same guy. And yeah. it was kind of like, just do something. Like entrepreneurship is a game. Mm-hmm. Like if you win five, like if you get $5, you win. Mm-hmm. Like, and you've got to practice and like, mm-hmm. because like you practice on the small waves, right? So when the big wave comes, like mm-hmm. you're ready. And so Adam started a wooden sunglass company and um, he started on Indiegogo initially. And mm-hmm. it was like really just like basic stuff from mm-hmm. a manufacturer in China to yeah. get started. Mm-hmm. And that did for like at the time we did like $10,000 in sales. We were like, sweet. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's I a was a good start. Yeah. yeah. And so it was like, okay, like maybe we'll do this. And he started it with a buddy who was um, in design and stuff. Mm-hmm. So our next Kickstarter, we did. Uh, much more custom. So they had like custom designs down the side. Mm-hmm. Like with it being wood, you could like etch. Yeah, cool like customs. laser etch it. Yeah. yeah. We launched that on Kickstarter um, and did 270000 Okay. And on that campaign. His email marketing experience, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that that we found a lot of success um, 
Facebook advertising mm-hmm. back then. I mean, Facebook has changed. Oh, since. totally. It's well, and Kickstarter so too much, has changed yeah. so much. It's dramatically different. Are you still doing Kickstarter? No, no. I talk clients out of it sometimes. Yeah. And that's like, it's we like haven't a, done it since we owned that company. Yeah. The, like the way it, it is now, it's like if you're not heavily funded and using it as a pre sale instead of a way to launch a business, it's yeah. just like it, really difficult. Yeah. Versus back then, I did a bunch more Kickstarters where you get that virality much less expensive yes. and your customer acquisition was like reasonably affordable. Yeah. Oh, so, we made, yeah, good money from the yeah. Kickstarters versus mm-hmm. I feel like, and you'll get the companies, um, you know, that help you market and then they take a percentage yeah, of like your... Yeah, like Funded Today. Yeah. <laughs> and then they take so much they from take the a entrepreneur that yeah. like there's really nothing to actually yeah. start your business. Yeah. So we, we would always... Um, do it ourselves. Yeah, that's great. So, and we've done both. We've done it. I've done one with Funded Today. I think we did like 70K. Yeah. And then we did another one that we did like 180. Yeah. And then after that, we've launched just on our own website. Yeah. All right. Just a quick break, just to talk about Klugonics, full service product development firm. We help companies design, engineer, source manufacturing, and manage your supply chain with quality control, resources, and boots on the ground overseas and an office here in the U.S. where we can work closely with you to develop your perfect product. Feel free to reach out on our website. Links below. Let's get back to Elise Jackson. But that's a good experience. And so then you mentioned your husband's mom ran a business. So mm-hmm. did he come from an entrepreneurial background? Yeah. So he, his mom is an entrepreneur. His dad's in a financial advisor. So mm-hmm. like the dad was, you know, the... The rigid like, st- money yeah, guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, his mom, she oh, she's owned several businesses and oh, sold. Cool. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, and she's currently running a nutrition company. So okay. he he was helping her with that at the time more. Um, it's more like online based. Mm-hmm. So that type of thing. But so then were you from an entrepreneurial background or was this like a an ex, like a out of the box for you then? So my dad is an entrepreneur. So okay. I grew up. Um, my dad was in the corporate world when I was like really young. Um, he was a VP of sales. At, mm-hmm. Have you heard of Living Scriptures? No. It's like a church video place okay. thing. Um, but he was a VP of sales there and he loved the product. He just didn't love like the corporate world. And mm-hmm. so he ended up leaving. And I mean, he had all sorts of crazy ideas. At one point he was like buying and flipping houseboats in Lake Powell. Cool. And that like he literally has stories of houseboats like sinking, like as mm-hmm. he's like trying to get it to somebody to sell it. And yeah. it was kind of like, oh my gosh. And so then he ended up long term. And now what he's doing, he's a land developer mm-hmm. out in Roosevelt. So okay. he buy like thousands of acres and then split it into like five, 10 acre lots mm-hmm. and he sells those. Okay. So he's been doing that for 25 plus years and has so done you, well with that. So you were exposed to that growing up. You remember him making yeah. the change and then trying his first thing Mm -hmm. and having failures and successes. Well, and what's funny is when Adam and I got married, Adam is the more entrepreneurial minded Mm -hmm. initially. And I was like, nope, I want you to have a nine to five job. Like I saw what my parents went through in Mm -hmm. terms of like feast or famine as Mm -hmm. an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Like it was literally like, we either have all this money or we have none. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like, I don't want that. Yeah. And after we did Westwood and kind of got that taste of entrepreneurship, it's kind of like, that was fun, like the adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. Um, and we sold that in like 2015. And then we had planned on doing something else eventually. We, I mean, we tried other products like getting um, samples from manufacturers mm-hmm. and like nothing felt right. 
Yeah. So we knew we wanted to do something. And again, Beehive Mills wasn't supposed to be it. Like Adam was supposed to be the one to come up with our great idea. Mm-hmm. Not me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but once like Beehive Mills started getting traction, we're like, okay, like this is it. Like we're going to do this. I know. You know, and that's what's cool about that story is because it's for the Utah in general, like culturally, mm-hmm. like that's not the norm, which I think is more exciting. Yeah. And I've met more and more women that have you know, we're the stay-at-home moms and their husbands do whatever and sales this and sales that. And then they start a business and their business overtakes what their husbands are doing. Yeah, That's happening more and more. So do you feel like, like that has to, you have to be proud and excited about that. Yeah. Right. Do you feel like you're uh, like disruptor then doing that and being different compared to the normal Utah culture? Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like I've had, and I've really actually been working on it, like the imposter syndrome mm-hmm. that I'm like, I don't like to look back at what I've, I've built and like, and Adam's obviously been a really big part in it, Sure, but we were actually, so we're working on, so I've told you we've grown out of our facility. We've made it all work. We get like, you know, the unit next to us and put freezers over their mm-hmm. unit next to us and like continue to expand, but it's very not ideal. So we're mm-hmm. actually in the process of getting um, a 28,000 square foot facility cool. in Kaysville. And so we were meeting there with like our general contractor and, you know, our like freezer supply people, like all the, and they're all these men, right? Mm-hmm. In this room that we're going to be working with to like pull all this off and like me and Adam. And Adam was just saying yesterday that like he kind of was like just looking around the room mm-hmm. and like all these men are like in their 40s plus and like mm-hmm. I'm 29. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of like, they're all here because of Elise, like yeah. what Elise started. Like it's yeah. kind of like this surreal, like, and mm-hmm. he's just like, I'm so proud of you. And it's just like, I kind of like, because I feel like it's just been like, go, 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 go. And mm-hmm. like, I haven't like taken a step back to appreciate like everything It's, that's it's pretty cool. You know, that's exciting. <laughs> and is that building that you're, are you guys like, are you going to purchase that building and own it? Or are you going to rent it and then so just build it So we're going to rent it. Yeah. Um, we've looked at purchasing other stuff um, just from a cash flow perspective, mm-hmm. though. We're like, let's just because I still don't know if this is our forever building. Totally. I think it's That's like a I good like five one. to 10 year. Yeah. And I don't want to purchase something that we're going to grow out of yeah. again. Unless you're going to purchase it, grow out of it and then rent it to yeah. someone else. And I'm like, I, I don't mean, know if I want to be a landlord. And well, so, it's, yeah, it's an yeah. asset you could leverage. Yeah. To do other things. with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, that's exciting. Twenty-eight thousand is big. Yeah. Do you own this building? No, I didn't no. do that for the same reason. Okay. And I, you know, but also the time that we moved in here, the pricing was ridiculous. Yeah. And we've already grown out of it. When it comes to like warehouse space, I'll show you. It's like pretty packed back there. Yeah. It just timing wasn't. But now the next time, I'm glad I did wait because now, you know, next year we'll look for another spot, and that one I'd rather buy because. Yeah. The market's settling and yes. stabilizing a bit. Yeah. And you're lucky. So we're in Davis County and I feel like we're pretty limited. Like you've got the Great Salt Lake in the mountains that kind of like squeeze you in, right? Like mm-hmm. your Salt Lake where like Salt Lake County or Utah County has a much more space. Mm-hmm. So like as we've been looking, we've been looking for a really long time for bigger spaces, but like in our agent will always be like, if you want to go further south, if you, and it's like, no, like our yeah. employee base is here. Like yeah, and you we want to be in Davis logistics. County. Like Davis County is great because we're an hour, like for Utah, right? Our local delivery, we're an hour to Logan, an hour to Provo, an hour to Willa, an hour to Park City. So Mm -hmm. we're really central Mm -hmm. and it's really easy for us to access our, all of our local delivery stuff. Mm -hmm. So, so talking about expansion into other states, what are some of the challenges 
that you're learning like for Arizona and Idaho? Like, is it marketing? Is it the logistics like, or all of it? Like, what are you working through there? So I feel like our logistics, we have it pretty down. Mm -hmm. Um, Could we get better? Yes. I feel like that's pretty good. I think just like the penetration into the new markets, Mm -hmm. like Utah, and this is something we have to remind ourselves of, like we're three and a half years here in Utah. Um, We grew a lot of word of mouth. We grew through a pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so like, Figuring and Facebook has changed so much. Mm-hmm. So it's like being able to get in front of our audience has been harder, mm-hmm. but it's really the word of mouth and we just need to let it mm-hmm. kind of ride its course mm-hmm. and then just our subscription model. So yeah. just let that continue to build up, which it is. Have you experimented with like shipping? So we've looked into like FedEx or UPS. Mm -hmm. The hard thing is, so one, our mills. So like you've got a set of mills and we have the different sizing, but our our regular portion size is 30 pounds by itself. And then you need like 20 to 30 pounds of dry ice to last. So to then keep you're it frozen at, versus uh-huh. refrigerated. Yes, yeah. And that's like where our product, our customers expect it to be frozen. Yeah. Like we have to keep it frozen. Totally. It yeah. can't just like, it's not like a HelloFresh yeah. model, right? Where they're sending you the wrong ingredients, but they're refrigerated. Mm-hmm. Like they just have to be kept under 40 degrees. Right. Like we have to be kept at like zero degrees almost yeah. in, in some cases. And then the shipping cost on that, like it... We did ship a set to California at one point. It was like $400. Yeah, so it's not worth it. (laughs) Yeah, because I do those factor meals. You put a factor. Yeah, and and those are like the trays, right? Yeah, and it's been pretty good, but I'm like now sick of it because I've been doing it for like over a year. Yeah. Yeah, they're refrigerated. So that's what, you know, they have two ice packs. Yeah, like they're coming in a tray. Like Mm -hmm. we're sending 10 family-sized meals to you. They're Mm -hmm. just heavy. Yeah, so then logistically, it's, you just have to have someone drive yeah. <laughs> for now. <laughs> yeah. And and it's been working and we yeah. have like our, we'll continue to expand by getting not like prep facilities. We'll probably have more like freezer facilities mm. that then we'll be able to use like freight sense. companies and all of that to get our stuff yeah. there. Cause what's um, your, what's your life, like your shelf life then? So once, because they're vacuum sealed, um, they can last, um, over a year. We say best by six months. Just sure. And but really, they last to keep up to them a year. coming back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing with our customers and our product, so our menu rotates every month. Mm. So really, I have a month to sell these meals, mm-hmm. and then we move on to a new menu. Right. And because we're only prepping what we sell, mm-hmm. like we're not holding on to anything. Like it's literally prepped, say like on Monday mm-hmm. and going out Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. So we're that's not great. holding on to stuff, mm-hmm. um, which is nice from a customer's perspective. They're not getting something that's been sitting in a freezer for two or three months. Like right. they're getting something that's literally been prepped, frozen and is sent to you. But but you could be doing, having the satellite freezer spot yeah. and then it sits there for a week or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Just so logistically, you could do a truckload. Yeah. And Which, it would totally be fine yeah. in that case too. Yeah, because like delivery, do you try to batch it so everybody's like on Tuesday in this region? Mm-hmm. And okay, yeah, so that's keep exactly. It. So like every Monday we're Davis County, and mm-hmm. like and then our some of our drivers will either travel down to Southern Utah, mm-hmm. or if it's not a Southern Utah week, they go to Idaho. Yeah. And then Tuesdays we're always Utah County. Wednesdays, you know, mm-hmm. we send another place back down to Idaho and then they're in Weber County here. And so Mm -hmm. it is like, we've got our travel drivers doing something. We've got our local drivers doing Mm -hmm. something else. So, so I'm just thinking through all of the, the things you have to pay attention to with logistically. 
Yeah. You know, like tracking drivers and efficiency yep. and stuff. I'm guessing yep. that's part of it. Yeah. So we like our, we have our distribu- like our distribution manager. She mm-hmm. does all the routing um, mm-hmm. or she has a t- uh, somebody who does routing on her team and driver support. And it's like, what time do they leave in the morning? And what time do they get back? Like, mm-hmm. did they hit their times? So tracking all of that. The food safety aspect is huge. Mm -hmm. Um, So we, like, one, our vans are refrigerated. And then two, like, when we're dropping everything off, we take temperatures. Like, we Mm -hmm. just take a temperature with a temperature gun, make sure, like, they're being delivered at safe temperatures. And do you, you can't really leave it on someone's doorstep? Or what do you, how do you deal with that? We do. So they're in insulated bags. Okay. So it's one, an insulated bag, and they're all frozen 10 mils. They kind of, like, ice pack themselves in a sense. Yeah. Uh, Would you want to leave it out, like... For eight hours in the summer, no. Yeah. But most of our customers bring them in within a couple hours and they're still yeah. frozen solid. Or they, they know it's coming. They're planning yeah. for it. And yeah, they're getting text messages like one when our vans go out with an estimated time and then mm-hmm. three stops before. And then like yeah. they're able to track it the whole way. Well, I think this like food delivery is only getting more and more like popular. Yeah. You know, especially it's with really these where the online world's going. <laughs> yeah. And, and then the fact that you can do it and store it and then just have it there available when needed. Cause yeah. you don't, you know, I'm sure people don't use it every single night, but no. two, three nights a week when they have, you know, soccer games or whatever yeah. and busy days, like they plan around the, you know, okay, we'll do a beehive meal yeah. that night and so on and so forth. So out of all of these things you have to deal with, what are like the, the favorite things you enjoy doing most in your business? Um, I So we actually just hired a COO to take a lot of okay. the operations away from me. I enjoy it. It's just being... The CEO and trying to like have the vision mm-hmm. and like the growth of the company that mm-hmm. was really difficult yep. to do both. Mm-hmm. Like I was constantly working and constantly like I needed a break. Yeah. So I love the operations, but I did just turn that over That's more exciting. for the betterment of the company. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the you need the robot. Yeah. The operations robot. Yeah. Yeah. And there, yeah, and the team is functioning at a really high level, like mm-hmm. with that. So that's been really good. So my focus, um. I like to focus on product development. Mm-hmm. So we've got um, a fun new product. I can't say what it is yet, but it's okay. being launched um, in April. Well, this won't come out until late April. Oh, it won't? No. Okay, so April 15th, we're launching. Oh, yeah, this will come out after that. Okay, yeah. so we're going to... So April 15th, we launched then <laughs> um, a macro-based okay, menu. Okay, cool. So it'll be more around macro, mm-hmm. like balancing. So great for like the, the fitness, mm-hmm. you know, that type of focus. Yeah, so That's open exciting. up a whole new demographic. And a lot of our meals, so how our meals are designed is we provide like the base mm-hmm. and then customers are able to serve it in lots of different ways. And we have all those recipes on our website. Mm-hmm. So like if they want to serve it as, you know, enchiladas, enchiladas or pasta or rice or mm-hmm. whatever, like we have different variations for each meal. So our macro-based menu, like all the recipes around those meals are going to be very macro-balanced, con- like yeah. it's... I, we're really excited. Yeah, that, and that that appeals to the crowd that is like the factor and stuff. Yeah. Because that was the big thing about factor for me is like, you know, switching from like calorie smart to the keto yeah. and stuff like that. But I still just got sick of it at this point. Yeah. And that's like having the variation Yeah. on like where we take our customers like 80% of the way and then they finish it however they want. Like it we've gotten a really good response with that. And mm-hmm. like, I personally love like being able to like, hey, I'm, like I plan my meals that it's like, we're going to have rice this night, pasta this night, pizza this night. And it's all like based off of our meals. Yeah. And the different way that I'm just serving you them. You just top off whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I think the ones that we like the most are the curry 
Oh, yeah. I think the butter chicken, I think it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then the chili's legit. Yeah. Yeah, because it was timed perfectly because our, you know, Kelsey, we had Wells or, let's see, it was September. So are you gluten-free then or no? No. Okay, because usually the butter chicken's on our gluten-free menu. No, no. Well, Kelsey was. Okay. But then when she was pregnant, she had a miserable pregnancy. Mm -hmm. She was sick the whole time. Oh, man. And for some reason, she went from like, I remember she used to eat bread and cheese and just get sick. Yeah. And she, I guess, Wells wanted dairy. Yeah. And now she can eat cheese okay. She can't have a ton of it, but she could eat it more. And then also like bread, she used to to get sick with bread. Like she would puke, right? And then, you know, she was pregnant. She got like cheeseburger cravings. She started eating cheeseburgers. (laughs) And then she started liking bread. Yeah. So that was, or she she started being able to eat it without feeling sick. So now she'll eat sourdough and stuff like that. And it's not a, not an issue, but. I thought that was funny. But yeah, the, the chili was timed right because it was like wintertime. And uh-huh. I remember I was sitting there and it was getting cold in like November or so. And I was like, oh, I, chili sounds good right now. Yeah. She's like, well, I got one of those beehive meals. And it was fantastic. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah. So that's exciting. I'm I'm like you. I like the product development side. That's what excites yeah. me. And that's like just like the fun. Like I, I would say if you would have asked me before, I'm not creative, but mm-hmm. it's like, Actually, I'm creative when I yeah. like in that space. I'm yeah. not like your artsy creative, mm-hmm. but like the product, like the mill product development and mm-hmm. stuff, like that's where my creativity, that's what I like to do. And you understand how, you know, to make it cook evenly and to yeah. get the, you know, right ingredients so it's the right texture yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. So I could see it being very scientific. Yeah. So did you do that at home? You make up test meals and whatnot and yeah. test them out on your family. And I've actually, so I now have an assistant where it's like I give her, like I come up with the recipes, give it to her. She puts it all together, mm-hmm. you know, and then brings it to me and we taste it. And it's like, okay, like this needs to be changed. This needs to change. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, it's great. Like, let's move on. Mm-hmm. So that's been, she's a huge help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's where I'm able to maximize my time mm-hmm. in the product development is having her help yeah. with the labor intensive part. So are there other Things you've considered doing too and expanding outside of like crock pot meals? Have you tried with like that, like cookies and stuff like that? So cookie dough's on there. Yeah. We're trying to decide if it's worth it Mm -hmm. um, in terms of like if it'd be profitable. Yeah. Like in the amount of work that comes with that. Is it more of like a, like in, in, like a, a cart motivator or like an like a lifetime value increaser or like yeah. average order value increaser? And that's where it'd come in, like the AOV, like yeah. having that go up. But it's just more like the equipment that we would need mm-hmm. to bring in. So maybe mm-hmm. it would be on the docket with this new facility. Mm-hmm. Right now we're pretty tapped out of space. Yeah. Um. But I have some pretty bomb cookie recipes yeah. that, and I've tested in like the like you know the frozen raw cookie dough balls mm-hmm. and cook baking it, and they turn out awesome. Yeah, like that was actually a gift. Uh, Sarah, my sister in law, she gave us a bag full of frozen cookie ball. Oh yeah, you know dough and or cookie dough in balls and. Yeah, multiple times we would just plop those on yeah, that. Yeah, like you cook like four to six at a time yeah, just like, you perfect. know, to eat for the night and yeah. they're awesome. Because Factor started doing that quite a bit where they do like juices and shakes uh-huh. and breakfasts and, you know, bars and little cook- or, uh, desserts and whatnot. Yeah. And every time I go in there to like change my meals, I always end up throwing one or two yeah. of them. So it's like, 
I mean, it makes sense, but I could see how logistically it's so much different versus cutting up raw food and throwing it in a bag. Well, and even like our process right now, our product is our customers come to our website, the order set of 10 mils, like Mm -hmm. everybody's order is the same. Yeah. And so to like add on like the variations and where we aren't shipping it through like a third party, Mm -hmm. like I'm not just slapping a label on it and they put it in their vans and figure it out. Like we're putting in our vans and for us to be able to find like custom orders, Mm. Like it becomes, we'd have to figure out the logistics. So that is something that I'm like, is it worth it Mm -hmm. to like change our logistics? Yeah. That's that's a totally different problem to deal with. Well, I mean, that's, um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And you can't pre, so you don't even pre-package them. You, You basically have all the same meals in a van. And they're just going one and uh huh. So okay. we have the different sizes. So yeah. it's like small, regular, or big. And so they like we tag them based off mm-hmm. of like we have different actual bags like for the different sizes, color coding. But um, they're just able to grab like oh this is a regular portion of person. I'm just like it's yeah. a grab and go. We're not like nobody has a label on their bag mm-hmm. for specifically them. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes it easier. Yeah. All right. So then that being said, now we're now you're. You're growing, you're expanding. Now thinking about the things that you've learned, like, you you know, we've got the field notes. What are you, what are those field notes that you would tell other entrepreneurs? Like those takeaway items. I think just, and I think this goes back to like Adam and his MBA, like Mm -hmm. his professor that just like, just do it. Like, just try it. Like if you have an idea, like you don't know until you try. Right. And then Nike. Yeah, just, <laughs> just do it. <laughs> no, it's my, totally, my slogans will figure it out. But like, yeah, we always totally, like take uh, stuff on, and it's like I don't know. We'll just figure it out, and that's something like you can always figure something out. Yeah, and and failure is really not as bad as you'd think. No, and, and I, yeah, and that's and as we've grown, like we've had plenty of failures. But the nice thing is, is we failed really fast. Yeah, and then it's like, okay, let's fix it, and let's mm-hmm. like do it this way. And like, it doesn't happen again. Yeah, yeah. You have to fail to learn. Yeah, so it's okay to fail. Hmm. And most people are just afraid of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it's like they don't even get started because they're worried they're going to fail. Yeah. It's like I failed plenty in this business. Yeah. <laughs> but it's gotten us to where we are today. Yeah. No- nothing's perfect the first time either. Yeah. Well, and even just like the, what is it? The least viable pro- or what? The yeah, minimal viable mid- product. That one. <laughs> the MVP. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. just go to like, when I first started, it was literally like these 10, like it was, I thought about it for a half hour before I started business. Right. <laughs> and it was really like... It worked. Yeah, it worked. Yeah. And here we are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe not perfectly, but it worked. Yeah, yeah that's and great. There's, yeah, been some stumbles and we figured out, like, I didn't even know I needed a commercial kitchen. But mm-hmm. I, I did and I got it. I figured it out. <laughs> so even on your first orders, you, yeah, you had to do commercial kitchen. Yeah. Legally, you had to. Yes. So, so then had, when you sold those on Facebook, did you go right to the city and get an LLC and do that? Or did you just go after, for it? <laughs> after I did. Yeah, that's so great. Because I called Adam, I was like, I started a business and he was the one that started Westwood. So, yeah. I mean, he was able to like, you know, get us all legit. And yeah, by the time we actually stuff. did, so I like took Venmo payments the first time. Mm-hmm. But by the time September hit, like he had, we had a very like basic website up. Yeah. And he, he does all of our websites. Yeah, he so, knew like, that stuff. Yeah. yeah. It was just very like, we kind of didn't know what our branding was at the time. Mm-hmm. And so it was very like, I just like mommy blog kind of looking, mm-hmm. um, but it worked. And yeah. now what I mean, our website is, is much more aesthetic and yeah. all of that. But. And I mean, that's, that's like uh, the evolution of a brand. I think back to my first website was garbage. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's like, he revamps it about once every year and mm-hmm. it gets better each time. Mm-hmm. And, and is it a Shopify? Is that yeah. What, okay. Yeah, and then great. just like 
a, a theme. He mm-hmm. picked a theme or whatever, and he's mm-hmm. just revamped it. Yeah, yeah, they have all those great like sales motivator apps and stuff like yeah. that too that are fun to play with and yeah. A/B tests. Are you guys like. Shopify as well? For Derai, we are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's been it's good. It's interesting how it can be used for so many different models versus just direct to consumer. Yeah. Okay, so fail fast and that stuff is always uh, definitely like a takeaway for everybody. Yeah. And don't be afraid of failure. Yeah. What other What other items would you leave behind? I think, and this is something I'm realizing more recently, is surrounding yourself with other people mm-hmm. like in the entrepreneur space yeah so like we have 65 employees and mm-hmm. i love all of them like i have a management team that like is so solid mm-hmm. and would do anything for me or for beehive mills mm-hmm. but it's different being the owner mm-hmm. and like having all of the risk and all of the like you know the it's heavy oh, yeah. to be the 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 owner and all these people on payroll and all like all these people rely on you. I've been really focusing on surrounding myself with other people in similar situations, like other entrepreneurs. It could be very lonely. Oh, it's so lonely. And I feel like everybody I talk to feels that way though, Mm -hmm. that like they're the only ones going through it. Like nobody else understands. And then you talk to another entrepreneur and it's like, oh my gosh, we're like the same person. (laughs) I mean, that's part of why I did this podcast just so I had Cause I don't like going out to networking events yeah. that often, you know, I kind of get like, I just felt like they were getting repetitive and stuff, yeah. but that's why I felt like this is great. Cause then I get to talk with more yeah. entrepreneurs, like you're saying, cause it, yeah, it's definitely lonely and everybody's story is different. And there's trends that you see where people have things that are consistent between starting their business and the mistakes mm-hmm. and the issues. But then you also start to see, you know, each business model is so different and the things they learn and the pivots and stuff like that. It's, it's just fun to talk about. Yeah. And it's interesting. And that's something I've learned because I've really made more of it. Like I felt like super alone up until like, I've really made an effort the last like few months. That's <laughs> so good. It's new. But it is like talking about other people's businesses and talking about my, like it feels mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like I've always, like, Adam and I obviously can talk about anything together. We yeah, own the business together. but that's together, your husband. But it's my husband. Not the same. <laughs> and it's not the same. Or, like, we'll talk to family. And mm-hmm. it's, like, they're super supportive mm-hmm. and they're amazing, but it's, like, they don't quite get it. Right. Like, even, like, when Adam was going to quit his job full-time, it was, like, kind of, like, oh, what are you guys doing? Like, and it's, like, I promise this is going to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we're doing good. Yeah. Um, Those conversations are always interesting. Yeah. I but remember. just, yeah, the entrepreneur conversations are... What have you been doing to connect with more? Um, so I have been doing networking events. Yeah. Um, and then I did, um, just a month ago, I went to like a mastermind group. Have you okay. done yeah, any I've of Yeah, I've done those? a couple of them. Yeah. And it was, um, it was all female CEOs. Cool. So it was a bunch of females in the same situation, yep. which was super awesome. And I've come out of that with like a really strong group of women that mm-hmm. like, we talk weekly and like all of these things. So that's been really exciting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, really just trying to be out more. And that's where like hiring my COO and not being so much in the operations. Right. I've really been able to you step back, step back and do more of like the networking and all yeah. of that stuff. Like now. work on the business instead of yeah. in the business. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. I've noticed the masterminds in Utah, they're mostly dudes. So that's good. You found one that's yeah. not that way. Well, and Susan Peterson with mm-hmm. Freshly Picked. Okay. She's yeah, yeah. running a mastermind. Yeah. Um, and I guess if this is launching in April, it's April 10th. Yeah. And she was on the advisory board of this one that I went to a month mm-hmm. ago. And 
So she's actually, she's running her own and she's, after hearing my story and mm-hmm. like getting to know each other, she's invited me to be on her advisory board That's cool. for this next one. So I'm really excited. So and yeah. it, it, it's again geared towards, it's like e-commerce brands, like mm-hmm. female CEOs, mm-hmm. all of that. So. so it'll be helpful when you're, you know, looking to grow into all the other different markets to have other people to lean on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, I think, necessary as an entrepreneur. Totally. Yeah. I, I think that's part of why maybe at the end of last year, I just felt super, I was too head down for too long. Yeah. You know, and it, it affects things where you feel, one, it's it's like you, the growth of the business starts to hurt because of it. Yeah. Um, because you're not interacting and talking about new ways to market and yeah. find opportunity and stuff like that. But yeah, it's just personally, you just realize like you come to work and then I get to see my team and I'm the same way. I love my team and love the culture and the time I get to spend here creating and all that yeah. stuff. But then, yeah, you, you look in a mirror and you're like, damn, I I need to go like hang out with people. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and at some point it's kind of like you feel like, should I just burn it all to the ground? Like, yeah. is this all worth it? And then yeah. like you hear other entrepreneurs like, okay, I'm not alone. Yeah. <laughs> like they're yeah. having the same feelings too. <laughs> good to relate with them. Well, that's great. This has been good chat. Yeah. Any other takeaways? Beehive Meals, where to find you? Uh, yeah, beehivemeals.com mm-hmm. um, is our website. And then at Beehive Meals on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, we should give your people a discount code too. Okay. What do you want it to be? I don't care. Founders <laughs> Field Notes. Okay. We there we go. Okay. We'll, we'll share it. We'll do that for, yeah, a discount. Awesome. Thank okay. you for coming. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There it is. Elise Jackson, Utah founder, changing the norm of normal Utah society, which I love. It's great when the dad or the, the father or the husband is working a day job and the wife's side hustle becomes so massive and incredible that daddy's got to quit. I love hearing stories like that. So great story. She's obviously building a very large, very well-operated business. And I'm excited to see how it's going to continue to expand state after state, going to Arizona, to Idaho, uh, and beyond. And she's obviously doing it with extreme precision and she just is really figuring out how to operate something very successfully. So great conversation and great product. We still use these today. We have some in our freezer. We've restocked a couple of times. It's good to have these meals on hand when you have a a week where you just don't have a day to think about dinner. Just throw this thing in the crock pot. And she did give us a coupon code. So if you go on her website and enter the code Founders Field Notes, you will get a discount to try out her meals. Some great takeaways, one of which is definitely something that I have done, which could be somewhat controversial to very organized type A people, but sometimes you just don't have that option where at the end of the day, you just have to do it and you'll figure it out. I agree. You know, sometimes you just have to dive in head first and you'll figure it out as you go. It's a great way to start a business when, you know, maybe you don't know exactly what to do. But when you do start doing it, you will figure it out and it forces you to progress forward and put things together as you go and figure out the issues and solve them as you go. So not a bad way to go. She says you have to fail to learn. Definitely agree with that. But also don't forget to talk to other founders and entrepreneurs and learn where they 
they have failed and where they have learned. So you don't have to make those same failures. So yes, you personally do have to fail to learn, uh, which I have failed many a times and learned from those mistakes. But at the same time, lean into those mentors and those other entrepreneurs in your network and learn from their failures as well and take note. That's kind of why we do this podcast, you know. And then, of course, my biggest thing is surrounding yourself with other entrepreneurs. Being an entrepreneur can be lonely. And when you surround yourself with like-minded people, you learn and accelerate what you're doing to the point where it just kind of takes that load off. But then it's also great to just have conversations with people you can relate with that are going through similar challenges. Uh, So that definitely does help. And if you don't take the time to get out and do that, you'll find yourself in ruts and it definitely helps to have these conversations. We hope that you found these field notes useful. Please follow along and check out all of our social media channels. We're on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and then all the podcast places that we can be. Thanks for listening and watching. Stay tuned for next week's episode. And also don't forget your Founders Field Notes coupon code at beehivemeals.com. 